0: Thank you, Brother Joe. To holler at one of mine there for a minute, Brother Billy. It does, mate. Right. Thank y'all for the opportunity, Brother Joey, Brother Collins, church, get up here. It's a it's a privilege. I want to talk to us tonight about spiritual battle. Y'all believe we that know Jesus have spiritual battles every second of our life? don't know the Lord, you probably don't have no spiritual battle, because the devil ain't trying to get you, he's already got you. Tonight, I want to look at Ephesians 6, 11, and 12. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 11. Says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He's telling us there, I believe, that we can't really see what we're fighting against. It's, it's, it's hid. It's, you no know, little cartoon shows it on each shoulder and they fighting back and forth but it also says the devil is like a roaring lion so I mean I can picture him right now just easing through them aisles just seeking who he can grab you know. but if we put on the whole armor of God it says we may be able to stand against him I remember 12 years old I give my heart to the Lord I don't think i give my life to him then, but I think i give my heart to him. And me and some of my buddies had a camping trip planned behind the house in Uncle Monroe's Field. And they called me. I grabbed my sleeping bag, my pillow, and I took off home back there. But when I get in the field and I go to the tent and I throw my stuff in there and I turn to walk out, here comes one of them packing a six-pack. And I was like, oh my God. I ain't supposed to do this. So I automatically got the bellyache. I got to go home. I got the bellyache. But looking back now, that was the old devil. That was a battle going on right there that I couldn't see. But I had two choices. I could either run to the devil or I could run to God. And that day, I ran to God. Another time, I was supposed to meet a girl up at Coyle Ballpark to be introduced to her. And I park my truck, I come, like I was coming, I was going to go in the gate, and I look, and there's a thousand people there. And I see a girl running across, and I just turn and look, I turn and run. I run, go get in my truck, squall tires. I run away from God that time but he still had a plan three months later we finally meet or we meet at that church up there at team impact where they tear the phone books and all that stuff but I run to the Lord that time and he's blessed me 2003 we got married and I probably wouldn't be up there if it wouldn't be for her. So if you know the Lord and he's telling you to go one way or the other you might ought to listen. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We we can't beat the devil. We, we can't do good without the Lord. It, it's a it's a constant battle. We have we have choices to make every day. And those choices It affects us and it affects all the people around us. I'm more of a one-on-one kind of guy, I ain't really in the big crowd. Lord's dealing with me. He's got me, got me concerned about my friends, my family, my coworkers, especially that don't know Him. Because we we ain't promised the next second. We don't we don't know when we pull out of here if we make it home. lady wrote that one of the huge changes in her perspective in dealing with sin was to realize who God says I am in contrast to who Satan or others tell me that I am. She said, yes, I am tempted by my evil desires. There will always be a battle until I rise to heaven. But according to the word of God, I am a set apart holy unto the Lord, child of God and designed for the praise of His glorious name. In other words, my true identity is wrapped up in Christ. right there and just guiding keeping you right on the right path you're gonna you're gonna slip off and he's gonna grab you and pick you back up but I just I ain't always thought that way you know i, I always thought for a long time that if I was saved this it's all right I ain't worried about nothing else I am worried about everybody else I'm 36, so according to the life expectancy, I don't live half my life. But that, that thing, I mean, it don't tell you nothing. That's just average. at the men's thing the other night about hell that's that's just all the Lord has been putting on me is you know just a place you don't want to go, you know. Today I was studying and he put this battle on my, my heart. You know, everybody's in a battle. And a battle I might be in, you know, the things I battle, you may not battle. You know just like alcohol say. So. You can have a somebody said a while back you can have a ton of it right here and I don't, it don't bother me well for somebody else it might be a battle for them. You know, something I battle you may not battle but I believe that's the devil he knows where you're weak he knows where I'm weak he knows where everybody's weak why would he tempt you with something that he knows you're not going to do he's going to tempt you where he knows you're weak yet it's, it's a constant battle but it tells us in Matthew chapter 5, let's look at that right quick. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. Have heard that it was said by them of old time thou shalt not commit adultery but I say unto you that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart here's the key verse and if thy right eye offend thee pluck it out and cast it from thee for it is profitable for thee that none of thy members should perish that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast in and if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of the members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. So I think he's talking about a man here that has a battle with adultery, and the other one has a problem with his hands. Maybe he's a thief. Maybe he maybe he touches things he shouldn't touch. But the Lord is saying. It's better to have one less hand and go to heaven than your whole body go to hell. If that hand is what's causing you to sin or if your eye is what's causing you to sin, that's that's a battle. You, you're in a battle with something. And I don't think it's literally wanting you to chop your hand off. But it's that serious, I believe, to where you don't want to go to hell. You know, you, you're in a battle where you always have a choice to make. And I mean, every choice has a consequence, you know. You're either moving closer to God or you're moving closer to the devil. Every choice you make, work with electricity every day, and they, they talk about a lot of atheists talk about how you can't see God, and if He, if he was real, you could see Him. And, well, I work with something every day that's real, and you can't see it. I mean, it's 14,400 volts just sitting there, and you make the wrong move, it's going to get you. But it's a constant battle, same way as this, trying to keep everything just right. You, you got it in your hand right here. One wrong move, it's just a big flash. Or you grab something, you grab something else, it's, it's coming through you, and you are probably dead. If not, you're gonna lose body parts. But it's a battle every day. You know, when we leave the ground, you gotta you gotta cover the wires up and insulate everything, ground your truck, put all your hot rubber on your arms, and you go on up there and get after. That old guy that teaches our school he says you got to keep the bear in the cage. So what he's saying, you got to keep that electricity, that bear is the electricity, and keep him in the cage. Well, it's the same way battling trying to keep all that right as it is the Christian life. And as long as you, you put your cover up over here, you ground your truck, you do everything right, you, you'll probably be all right. You're still going to get tempted to take a glove off, you're going to get tempted to do this or do that the devil's going to tempt you he's roaring around you right there but if you got the Lord with you you got the good Lord with you and you put on the whole armor I don't believe he can get you I, I, I don't I believe he can come at you anyway ready for him. Mean, how did you how make it without him? I, I don't know how people make it without him. I don't know how I've made it. And I've been knowing him, but I just ain't been living for him. So if you're here tonight, I would say if you don't feel like you in a spiritual battle. If you feel like everything you do is alright. You don't feel no conviction. You don't feel you don't feel a tug at you every time you do say a little curse word or any sin there could be, it could be just plenty of sin. If you don't feel a conviction, I think you're missing something. Lord ain't going to let you even think a bad thought without conviction. It's, it's gonna, if you know Him, it's going to be conviction. There. Oh. You don't know, you don't know when your last second here is, and your last second here is your first second in eternity somewhere. And ain't with two choices. Bible plainly says it's, it's heaven or it's hell. It's just the only two in there. An Old guy I listened to on uh, on YouTube, Brother Charles Lawson. He says, we all make plans for retirement, for vacation, for what we're we going to eat at after a while. He says, retirement ain't guaranteed. Your next meal ain't guaranteed. This a guarantee that you're going to die. That's kind of rough. I mean, people don't want to hear that. It's, it's depressing. It's down and out. You ain't gotta be depressed about it. You give your heart to the Lord, and then you have a peace. That surpasses everything. You just you know when you leave this earth, you're in heaven. I mean, you, you can't lose. It might be rough here for 50 years, but I mean, it's gonna be good there forever. But he said we make plans for retirement and all that just it baffles him. That people don't make plans for eternity I ain't never looked at it that way so tonight I'd ask each of y'all do you have a plan for eternity Shared this back there on our men's thing. I'll share it again. You wonder, you know, what what do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to dodge hell? What do I have to do to live the abundant life? What do I have to do to have somebody to help me in those battles, those spiritual battles, or those temptations that may come? Um, Acts 16, 22-34 Paul and Silas was in prison and they broke out and the gatekeeper saw all the miraculous stuff that people were praying for him and they broke out but the gatekeeper wanted to know what he had to do to be saved, he saw all this and it, it's just a short little thing here he told him, Paul told him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I mean, it's a simple, it's simple. You give your heart to the Lord, He'll guide your steps. Like I said, I look back on my life and I ain't always live for Him. I've went astray. But he's always been there. It's always been conviction. I'd go out and act goofy with him and party or whatever and I'd be miserable because the Lord was just convicting me of that but if he wouldn't have been there convicting me I, I wonder where I'd be And I wonder ain't no telling so tonight I, if I didn't know him if I, if I was lost and didn't know the Lord Jesus and my Savior I believe tonight, I would try to change it. I, w- I wouldn't chance. I wouldn't chance going out on this drag. heartbeat is for a lost soul.
1: Church, I was telling that ministered to my heart. Amen. It's him my hand clap of praise. Amen. Let me tell you something. It's not easy to get up and speak in front of people. Amen. But hallelujah, when the Lord's with you, amen. It doesn't matter what you get up and say. There's an anointing because there's power in the words of the Lord. And brother, there was power in what you. In fact, in what you were saying and talking about the battles that we go through, brother, I couldn't help but remember because of what you were saying, I remember hearing of a great battle that occurred, amen? I remember hearing about a young man who was between the ages of 15 to 19, and he was sent to give his brother's food. And when he was sent to give his brother's food, he laid eyes on that battle, brother. He laid eyes on that battle, and he saw all of his brethren— He saw all the professional army. He saw all of them shaking in their own armor. And what he saw was the enemy stand up, represented by a 10-foot giant, and began to slander the people of God. Brother, that's exactly what the devil does. Amen. And the more he heard that slandering about that battle, the more righteous anger he got. Do you know that there is a type of anger that you and I are supposed to have? And it's not anger that our brothers and sisters, it's not anger lashing out our family. It's anger when we hear about someone slandering our God. And in that battle, he asked that question. Who's going to go out and fight this battle? Who's going to go out and fight this giant? Who's going to go out and fight this overwhelming force? And the more he talked to the professional soldiers the more they had excuses. You see, brother, like you were saying, they didn't want to fight the battle. I want to tell you why they didn't fight the battle is because they did not have the spiritual armor of the Lord. He said, I will go out and I will fight Goliath. I will go out and I will fight this battle. Saul said, well, I will give you my armor. But as David put on that armor, brother, like you were saying, He doesn't need that armor because he knew he was already wearing the helmet of salvation. He was wearing the blessed prayer of righteousness. He was wearing the belt of truth. He was wearing the footwear of peace. He was wearing and standing behind the shield of faith. And as that giant stood up, and slandered and said, Today I shall give your carcass to the fowls of the air. He David said unto him, You may come to me with a sword and with a shield and with a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jehovah Sabbath, commander-in-chief of the armies of God. And we knew that David armed in the armor of the Lord, brother, like you were saying, to go fight that battle against an overwhelming enemy, an enemy that he could no doubt never, never, never defeat one-on-one. The man was 10 feet tall. He was covered from head to toe in armor. There was only one spot that was vulnerable to him, and David would not have been able to reach him. In fact, when the enemy saw little old young David, he called him a dog. But through the power of the Lord, armed with the aim and the power of the Lord, it says that David ran towards that giant. He ran towards that enemy, little Doug Brother, he ran into that battle, and he slung that stone. And I want to tell you, when you sling that stone and it comes from the Lord, brother, it is spot-on, dead aim. And hallelujah, my Bible tells me that we can do all things through Christ. We can either run from the battle or we can put on the armor of God and we can run to face the enemy. And through Christ, we can be more than overcomers. Amen. Come on, give him some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Church, would you stand with us tonight? Billy, would you mind coming back just for a few moments, brother? Oh, hallelujah. Church, I think we would be amiss tonight from what our dear brother ministered. He said he had a heart and desire tonight for the lost. Oh, as a brother plays tonight, I want to give us that opportunity. Look, I know probably every one of us here is saved tonight. But maybe you've heard, you've felt the love of a Savior. Maybe you felt a God who goes out from the 99 and goes to try and find the one. Maybe you've heard from the Lord and you're like that lost coin that whenever it's found, He calls up all the neighbors and says, Rejoice to me for what was lost now is found. Maybe you've felt the power of the Lord and you're like the prodigal son thinking I'm too far gone to return home, but as you have come to yourself, come back to the father's house and I want to tell you he's waiting there looking and searching for you he wants to come running down that road to throw his loving arms around you to give you the ring, to give you his coat and to forgive you of all sins and trespasses the battle is hard and you're going to lose some battles But the war has already been won for us. It was won at Calvary. It is finished. It is done for you and I. Maybe tonight you've been feeling like you've been losing those battles. but tonight you can put on the whole armor of God and you can run straight towards the enemy and he shall give you victory. These altars are open tonight. Maybe you just need a touch of refreshing from the Lord. The brother's word, it quickened my heart tonight. Amen. I can't help but just preach to you a little bit because it it touched me hallelujah would you come tonight if you just need that touch that refreshing that that hug from god tonight that reassurance that you're his and he's yours oh would you come tonight Hallelujah, hallelujah.
2: What you would say? The word of God speak. Would you pour down my brain, wash in my eyes to see Your Majesty? To be still and know that You're in. Your holiness, where the gospel rhythm. To hear your voice, word of God speak, will you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know that you're in this place, please let me stay and rest. In your holiness, the word of God speak. Will you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty? To be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay in rest. In your holiness, Word of God speak, Word of God speak Word of God speak, Word of God speak. Oh, speak to me, Lord, word of God, speak. Oh, speak to me, Lord, word of God, speak.
1: Church, sometimes it's that still, small voice, amen? God inhabits the still places of our hearts, Amen. Sometimes we just gotta be still and know that He's still there. He never left. Sometimes we shut the door, Amen, and and we shut him out. But the everlasting living word tells us that he stands at the door and knocks and if we will just hear his voice and open that door he will come back in and he will sup with us and us with him church he will sit down at our table to be with us My Lord, what a precious God we serve, amen. So Dougie, would you close us in prayer tonight?
2: Yes, Lord Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord
0: God, for us here tonight, Lord God. Thank you for being here with us, oh Lord God. We know you moved here tonight, Lord God. We we know we'll see results, Lord God. We'll see we'll see lives change see people stepping up
1: Church on your way out. Come by and thank this brother, amen, for a good word tonight. Hallelujah.